Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I am your host, Colin Morgan, and five days a week, I aim to motivate, educate, and inspire you to live the life of your dreams. I interview some of the most successful and inspiring people, along with sharing insight of my own, in order for you to not only be successful in what you're doing, but prosper in business and life. The show is for grinders. People who don't just have dreams, but are willing to lay it all on the line and grind for what they want. Welcome everyone to The Daily Grind. Hey everyone, so as you know, I started to rebuild my website using Wix. I got really tired of going through the process of relaying what I wanted to my web developer, only to having to just put up with what I had because ultimately I had no idea how to build it myself. I wanted to start with a blank slate and design my website the way I wanted it. That's why I chose Wix. First, I was able to start building my site and publish it for free. I chose from over 500 stunning templates to find the exact feel and look that I was looking for. I was easily able to change, customize, and add anything I wanted wherever I wanted. I've actually finished the site for about a couple days now. I'm just finishing up moving the 300 plus episodes I've done in the past over, which as you can imagine, takes some time. But what would have taken me months to complete in the past and thousands of dollars, I have completed in only a few short hours myself. Plus, everything is automatically optimized for any device, desktop or mobile, which for me is super important for my business. And not only that, you can also add SEO capabilities, which are embedded in Wix, which for me is going to save me a bunch of time and money. What I've learned is that building a website doesn't have to cost thousands. It doesn't have to be a headache and can actually be really easy and enjoyable with Wix. To get started using Wix today and get 10% off, go to Wix.com forward slash podcast. Again, that is Wix, W-I-X.com forward slash podcast. Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome back to the show. On today's episode, we sit down with Sean Lovejoy. Sean is the founder and CEO of CourageToLead.com. His heart beats for coaching leaders through what keeps them up at night. Sean has been a successful real estate developer, church planter, mega church pastor, and successful entrepreneur and leadership coach. CourageToLead.com facilitates leadership growth and organizational help for leaders all around the globe. Sean developed Gears of Growth, Assessment for Leaders, and Gears of Personal Growth for Leaders. Sean now leads a team of coaches through Courage to Lead who coach leaders through what keeps them up at night. Sean is the author of three books, Be Mean About the Vision, Preserving and Protecting What Matters, released with Thomas Nelson Publishers in 2016. Sean's latest book, The Measure of Our Success, Your Path to Significance, Satisfaction, and Leading Yourself to the Next Level, releases nationally. It did release back in April of 2019. Today on the podcast, Sean shares his amazing entrepreneurial journey and a lot of gems in this episode. Be sure you have a pen, piece of paper, sit back, and dive deep in today's interview with Sean Lovejoy. Well, Sean Lovejoy, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? 
Great, man. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank you so much for being here. And if you wouldn't mind, Sean, for some people out there being first introduced to you, just kind of explaining a little bit more of who you are and what it is that you do. Sure. I'm founder and CEO of CourageToLead.com. We facilitate leadership growth and organizational health for leaders through coaching and consulting. Uh, I'm a spiritual entrepreneur. I've been a real estate developer, a church planter, a mega church pastor, started coaching leaders about 17, 18 years. And sort of like John Maxwell realized I was a pretty good preacher. I was a really good coach and launched this full-time about four years ago, and the rest has been an amazing wild ride. <laughs> no doubt. So what got you into being a coach for leaders? Well, like a lot of people, it was my own failures, my own story. You know, my, my even in ministry years ago, my wife called me on the carpet for being a workaholic. Mm -hmm. And um, I sort of got rescued from that and turned the corner and got better and learned how to create margin in my life and then realized... A lot of guys in my career path were burning out and sort of felt passionate for helping those guys stay sane and centered and married. And so my life coaching, executive coaching, began exactly that way, just mentoring and coaching my peers. And then we sort of jumped over into the organizational side of things. Healthy people lead healthy organizations. So we started talking about creating a healthy culture, you know, within your organization. Then we realized that was all 127% transferable into the marketplace and started doing that with marketplace leaders and companies, you know, along the way. Got you. So as you got into this, did you have an idea on where this would lead to like four years ago? Did you think you'd be here at this stage? You know, I, I, you, as an entrepreneur, you know, we, we're not short on dreams <laughs> <laughs> and vision you know, so I, I really felt like, you know, we would approach a day when we would coach a thousand leaders uh, uh, a year. That's the BHAG goal right now. We'll probably do about 175 leaders or organizations we'll work with this year. We have 17 coaches now. I, I think I think we've got we're further along than I thought we would be at this point. Let me put it that way. Got you. So as you continue to grow, I mean, you're helping a ton of leaders. Obviously, as you get more leaders on board, you probably have to get more coaches on board too, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah. So what's your model when it comes to helping leaders? Are you working with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis once a week or, or what's sort of the model there? Yeah, we like to do both. I mean, one of my stump speeches, so to speak, is the fact that what some call coaching is really consulting, you mm -hmm. know, where they drop in for a day, you know, what some are calling coaching really content delivery or it's really training. I don't think video courses are coaching. That's just my take on it. It's training, which is helpful, but a, a coach has a relationship with the players. A coach watches the players play and offers immediate feedback. You know, So our coaching slash consulting is more of a deep dive. We work with a leader and their leadership team within an organization for 12 to 18 months at a time. And like we put ourselves on retainer, so they get they get that coach's cell phone number, and um, when 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 stuff hits the fan, you know they can reach out to that coach and get an answer that day if it's urgent, and then we want to connect with them monthly. But it's always usually we we work with a leader on the team, mm -hmm. but then periodically we like to, like to go in and spend some time consulting with that leadership team to normalize those healthy conversations about culture, about team, about systems, 
whatever it is, we call those the three gears of growth to normalize new conversations whereby that organization gets healthier. Does that make sense? It does. So if you wouldn't mind kind of going a little bit more detail in terms of what you're actually helping the leaders with. So say in organizational wise, when you go into an organization, you're working with a leader, what are you specifically typically helping them with? Great question. So we, we talk about the three gears of growth. I mentioned that, but it was quick. We talk about the three gears of growth, culture, team, and systems. You've, of course, heard all three of those words, probably yeah, talked course. a lot about them on yeah. previous podcasts. But but I think that what a lot of people don't realize is those three think components are separate but interdependent gears. And I don't think we're stronger, stronger than our weakest gear. So we can have a great team, but if we have terrible systems, we're still stuck. We can have great systems, but if we have an unhealthy culture, eventually it's going to bite us and we're going to outkick our coverage. So so we talk, we have an assessment we take organizations through with their leadership teams, help them self-identify, self-assess where they're weak, and we attack the weakest gear. But of course, healthy people make up healthy organizations, successful people make up successful organizations. So we sort of back into with a key leader there within the organization, usually the CEO, the senior leader, um, to do some executive coaching. We developed what we call the, the gears of personal growth. Um, there are five of those. It's purpose, it's passion, it's progress, it's priorities, and then it's people, the emotional intelligence side. Of, of, of what we do and becoming a kinder, gentler leader and, and, and build inspirational culture, that things like that we talk with the leader about to also coach them. Dave Ramsey said years ago from Financial Peace, he said that if you're the leader, the bad news is you're the lid on the organization or on your team. The good news is you're the lid. So if, 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 if you get better, everyone and everything else will get better. So we spend a lot of time with that key leader at the top to help them get better so everyone and everything else could get better. Yeah, and it all funnels from the top. Like I'm a big believer and you look, you go into a company, they may have, you know, poor people in there, but that's not their fault. Typically speaking, they're just not trained or they haven't they have didn't hire the right people and that stems from the top. It's a direct reflection on the leader itself. Yes, it does. And I named our our organization Courage to Lead because it requires courage it does. to lead. <laughs> To have courageous conversations and make courageous decisions, and 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 we create culture sometimes by what we tolerate, and and the plan will work sometimes if we'll make decisions, pull the trigger, and a lot of leaders, you know, are afraid to do what they need to do. Yeah. Do, do you think that the leaders who are afraid to do what they need to do maybe grew up in a different era? Uh, I think that's possible. Mm -hmm. I think other times, you know, we've failed before. So, sure. and it hurt. And so we're afraid of, you know, what might happen. Some are fe fear of the unknown. Some are fear of losing friends. And when you start a company, you start an organization, you start it with your buddies. True. And uh, then, then over time you realize, wow, he's not good at everything. <laughs> and I may have to slot him into a position that, you know, may require some tough conversations. And, you know, so we're, we're afraid to rock the boat, lose friendships. Um, all, all of that. So we get paralyzed. Fear paralyzes leaders. I define courage as refusing to allow our emotions to paralyze us. Hmm. You know, so you're going to feel fear, you know, in every decision. But the great leaders possess the courage not to allow the, that, that emotion to paralyze them. They do the difficult thing. Yeah, and that's what it takes doing the difficult thing. 
So for the people that, that you're working with, the companies that you're working with, do you find, I know you had mentioned those three culture team systems. Do you find there's a commonality between the companies that you are going and helping with? They all seem to be maybe struggling in one area. No, it usually has to do with the gift and talent mix of the senior leader. Like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know, either they're, they're a great culture guy. Everyone loves everyone. (laughs) You know, there there are nerf hoops on the back of the doors. You know, he's a culture king or she is a queen. And so, you know, they're they're usually like either great at one or two of those gears. And there's usually a blind spot. You know, other guys are systems guys. They're technology guys. They're database guys. They're spreadsheet guys. And they're great at all of that. But they don't realize if we don't have the right people in the right seats on the bus running all of those systems, we're, we're still dead in the water. So one of the reasons why we asset, allow the entire leadership team to assess themselves along those three gears is to identify, you know, where we're weakest. Um, but mo- most leaders are, are, have a blind spot in at least one of those three areas. Gotcha. That makes sense. So for you and Courage to Lead and the company that you're running, you know, you started this four years ago. Was there a point in time where you maybe had a that big break that you needed? Like maybe there was a point in time you were working with maybe one, two, three, four, five leaders, but then you got to work with one company and it sort of expanded you out quickly? You know, I, I, I don't think for us it's happened that way. I don't think it happens that way for most people, you know, in terms of overnight success. I think we have been the little engine that could. Uh, Jim Collins and Good to Great talks about the flywheel. You know, we've just been pushing that flywheel and pushing that flywheel. You know, I think it was probably eight, you know, maybe 18, 24 months was the first time I said, we finally have momentum. Mm. Like, I feel like the space shuttle is off the launch pad. Okay. I'm told it takes 75% of the space shuttle fuel to get it off the launch pad, you know, and I think it's that way when you start a company. At some point, you start feeling like, okay, we're going to make it. Mm-hmm. Like I, we're going to make it now. And, and, and I, I think you recognize momentum and then you just begin to build on it and, and not grow so fast that it gets wobbly and, 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 and you implode, which happens often in entrepreneurial, uh, with entrepreneurial pioneers. True. So for those first 18 to 24 months before where things maybe weren't as you know, you didn't have that big momentum that you had after the 24 months, obviously things were maybe still working like, what did you do in order to continue to stay consistent? What did you do to enforce that in your team and, and within your company? Well, one, it's one of the reasons why I believe in coaching so much. I, I, I've had great coaches from the very beginning. I've had great coaches and mentors in my life for over 20 years. And I had great coaches just offering me permission and perspective and believed in me. I think I think most guys and gals quit right before the harvest. Hmm. You know, they, they quit right before the breakthrough. They get discouraged. I talked to a leader today getting ready to launch a startup. They've raised a bunch of money and he just found out his, one of his key guys has embezzled six figures of money <laughs> Rough and go. things like that will make you quit Colin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, if you don't have someone speaking into your life and say, Hey, it's, it's going to be okay. We're not going to focus on failures. We're going to focus on lessons learned and you can recover this. And in six months, the money will be replaced and fire that guy today. (laughs) 
and and we're going to be okay. And so I, I think it's great to have those voices in your ear that believe in you, that are cheering for you, that have been where you are too, and have got the hiccups and the scars and have said, hey, I lived through my setback and you can too. What do you look for in a coach? Because obviously you're a coach and you get coaches. What do you look for specifically yourself when looking for a, a coach in a specific area? Yeah, so we have a coach profile that we put together, and it sort of aligns with our values. I mean, mm. one, I want a healthy, I want a healthy person, uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. You know, I want because you reproduce what you are. Um, that at the end of the day, it is about the content, but it is about the person that's coaching you. You know, so we want healthy people. I'm looking for a responsive person. You know, if they, if they don't have you know margin or can't execute or follow through or respond well, then it's it's not it's not going to be a fit. I want a good listener. I want someone. We 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 give our coaches an emotional intelligence, you know, assessment to just can they listen? Are they self aware? You know, do they, or they just need to hear themselves talk, and all of that to make sure that they can you know be a good conversationalist and really keep the clients desires and concerns at the forefront. We talk about coaching leaders through what keeps them awake at night. Yes. So it's not what keeps me awake at night. It's what keeps you awake at night. I want to, I want to bring my content to bear at the point of your pain, not my pain, not at the point I want to deliver whatever, but I want to hit you where you're living today based upon my experience. And, and, and we want successful people, you know, consultants have gotten a bad rap because Years ago, the people who went into consulting couldn't do anything else. You mm -hmm. know, I, I'm, I'm glad it's a new day today because a lot of guys who are doing consulting are doing it because they actually have something to say. They've been tremendously successful and they have a desire to share it with other people. And those are the types of people that we qualify as coaches. They have a great resume. Got you. So when it comes to, obviously when it comes to, you know, coaches, um, here, here's my thought on it. Like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'd like to hear your opinion on it. But I think with coaches, what I like out of a coach is when at the beginning we sort of set out what the success guidelines are going to be. So, say after six months or a year of coaching together, it's like here is what we want to accomplish in that time frame. And the reason I like to do that is because at the end of those six months or during that time, we're able to. He's not. He's not only able to hold me accountable, but as a co person who's being coached, you can then hold that coach accountable. Is that something that you guys focus on? Absolutely. I, I, I spoke brief. I spoke briefly of the assessments mm -hmm. that we give. We give both a organizational assessment, but we also give a personal leadership assessment. Mm. You know, and four years later, we're batting a thousand. We've not had a single leader with whom we've not been able to move the, wow. the, the needle. That's amazing. You know, so, so, so if I can quantify that and, and, and self-identify as a person who's grown in my leadership skills, but also, uh, I believe I'm, I'm leading a healthier organization today. I, I, healthy things grow yeah, and unhealthy things die. And so if we can, if we, we believe there's a return on our investment. We've paid for ourselves if we get the organization healthier, it's one of the reasons why we like to work with someone at least a year, because it's personally gratifying as a coach to see the organization get better, to see it improve, to see it get healthier. We can't presume on growth, but we can get prepared for growth by getting 
healthier. I think a lot of people want to grow. They yeah. hope to grow. True. They just don't have a plan for growth and they don't have a way to measure their growth. Yeah. I, th- I think that's great. So for you, like as you're continuously, like is there monthly assessments that you're going through, say when you're working with someone for a year, are you, are you touching on that every week? Like walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, we'll actually do it three times during the course of a year okay. at the very beginning at the six month mark, and then at the 12th month mark. And if we decide to go for another six months beyond that, a good number do, you know, we'll do it one more time as an off ramp just to see how the numbers move over time. Are you picky in terms of the leaders that you're working with? Um, I, I would say it's all over the map. One of the, one of the, one, one of my passions is to be for the little guy. Hmm. You know, for the startup guy, for the guy who hasn't broken through. So we scaled our coaching. I think it's one of the things that sets us apart. There's not a standard rate. So we have entrepreneurs and organizational leaders, even ministry leaders at varying successful levels in their own organizations. And all of our coaches are practitioners. So they're all leading something right now. They're leading a great company. They're leading a great organization. They're leading a great ministry. But it's at a certain size. So we're able to scale our coaching so the little guy can afford it and the the big guy can afford it. So that puts our leaders all over the map. And by the way, all over the world. And we've got leaders we're working with in New Zealand and Australia and London and Switzerland, um, as well as we've been all over Canada and, 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 and in the, in the States. Wow, that's great. So what I was kind of touching on there is, is there like a criteria to be able to determine if the leader is right for your organization, right? Because maybe no, there's some people out there who you maybe yeah. look at at the beginning and decide, like, I don't really think we can help them. No, if they if they if they're teachable and they're coachable, yeah. we can help. You know, we have fired two or three clients in the last four years, mm-hmm. and only because every time we tried to coach them, they were defensive. Got you. You know, and, and when that happens. Someone tries to speak into your life and you get defensive about it. Um, you just shut down your best opportunity to get better. True. So if, if someone's defensive and 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 uncoachable, unteachable, um, our time's too valuable for that. But frankly, that's the vast exception. Yeah, I have course. found most people are willing to learn, and in a one-on-one coaching relationship, they're much more vulnerable and trans uh, transparent than even in a, co- a a group coaching environment. And so they're willing to admit their faults. They're willing to accept, you know, sometimes a difficult word, even when we need to give it. We're not counselors. We're coaches. So we'll kick you in the teeth (laughs) if we think you need it. But it's going to be in the private one-on-one relationship. And if you can receive that and run with that, man, I guarantee you we can get better. Yeah, I love that attitude. And so for you specifically, obviously, you've been seeing amazing results in these past four years. What are some things that you do to help you set up your day? Like what are some consistent things that you're doing on a daily basis which help you stay motivated, stay on task, and ensure that you get done what you need to get done? Well, I, yeah, thanks for asking. I, I started a great practice 20 years ago. A coach you know, gave to me, and I pretty much have stuck with it for all these years. And it has changed everything, hmm. you know, about the way I lead, the way I learn, the way I grow, my margin, you know, everything else. I, I don't do people before lunch. Got you. I, and your lunchtime is noon? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't do people before lunch. I work on it 
you know, two days, I work in it two days. And that's strategic two days, our two mornings, tactical two mornings. And then, you know, I've got an extra morning for miscellaneous work that needs to be done. Yep. Oftentimes that's tackling my inbox at a, at a deeper level. And then my first appointment each day is at lunchtime. So that, that has helped me, you know, so, so many entrepreneurs that I've dealt with over the years, they're waiting until things slow down <laughs> or until they have time, True. you know, to work on this process, this system, this funnel, this campaign, this, you know, our website, whatever it might be. And there's just never time for that. And, and they never work on the business. They're working in the business. And it's why people in sales, I think, have that feast or famine kind of cycle that runs through because they get a lot of business and that it swallows them whole. And in the meantime, they're not working on the business. They're not structuring it for growth. And so eventually that runs out. All your best friends have bought from you now. <laughs> and <laughs> and true. you don't really have the company poised to take on you know, new clients. So we, 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 we talk about guys, you know, kind of giving their mornings to their company, giving their mornings to their organization as a gift to, 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 I don't know who invented the idea of the open door policy for leaders, but whoever did was not a good leader. You know, I, I don't think your door should be open to everyone all the time. You should be unavailable to think and strategize and prepare and work on you you know, work on us as the leaders. Cause if we get better, everything and everyone else will get better. True. And I think as long as you communicate that with your team and, and the people that you're working, that are working for you, I think it works. Like, I think that completely, I, I think a lot of people will kind of just do that without communicating it. And then it seems it comes off with the employees and with the company as like, you know, this guy's a bit of a dick, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I, I agree. And yeah. I think, it, the leader who says just trust me doesn't understand trust. I agree. You know, trust 100%. is built through high high levels of communication and consistency, you know, in your performance. Mm -hmm. So my my team always knows where I am and there's no doubt in their mind that I'm not sleeping till noon. Yeah. You know, or, yeah. or 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 out on a date with my wife when I when I you know, I I need to be working right now. Yeah. You know, so there's a time to date my wife, but there's a time I need to be crushing it, you know, for my team. And, um, so they always know where I am and that just provides great accountability. Yeah, totally. So one question I love to ask entrepreneurs like yourself, Sean, is I'm wondering, say you could go back in time and, and sit down with a young 20 year old Sean and not necessarily change anything, but maybe offer a piece of advice or piece of guidance. I'm wondering for you what that would be. That's an easy answer, believe it or not. You know, okay. I, you can be right and not be righteous about it. Hmm. And I think I was, you know, many times the smartest guy in the room, but that doesn't necessarily make you the leader. Yeah. Um, people following you just because you're the boss is the lowest level of leadership. People following you because of who you are um, is the highest level of leadership. And early on, I wielded my authority and I was right most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I didn't always go about it the righteous way, and I was a mean cuss, you know, earlier earlier on in my career. And I've I, I have learned how to be more patient, be more gracious, be more compassionate, speak with greater clarity, 
oftentimes when I would get frustrated and fly off the handle with a team member, you know, I had to backtrack and apologize because at the end of the day, I was the one who had been less than clear and I expected them to read my mind. Uh, I think the number one mistake we make as leaders is lack of clarity. Mm -hmm. You know, so I would just be kinder. I would be gentler. I wouldn't, I would drive just as hard. I would push, I would lower the bar. In fact, I might raise it, Mm. but I, I would realize it's it's not always what mountain you take and the pace at which you take it, but it's also the people that you take the mountain with. And I hurt some people. I used some people to get the job done, you know, early in my career. And um, I've apologized to God, apologized to them for that, most of them, <laughs> over the years. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Sean, for people out there who want to connect, who want to learn more about you, who want to check out, courage to lead and what you guys do even more where's the best place they can go thanks for asking we have hours and hours and thousands of words of free content coaching content at courage to lead.com um, they can find me at sean lovejoy one on instagram and facebook um, and uh, we, we, we'd love to coach them through what keeps them awake at night reach out to us there amazing well i will share all these links be sure that you follow Sean on Instagram, Facebook, and also visit CourageToLead.com. And also, Sean, you had a new book that just came out, correct? Yes, I did. It's really a compilation of, you know, 18 years of executive wow. coaching and how to how to coach yourself to the next level. It's called Measuring Success, Your Path to Significant Satisfaction and Leading Yourself to the Next Level. And we really roll out, you know, the plan that we take a lot of leaders through in helping them develop and grow and develop a plan for the growth, but also measure success in a healthy way mm-hmm. along the way and not fall into the comparison trap and all of that. So it's available everywhere books are sold. And um, so far it's doing very well out there. But the goal is to get that book in the, in the hands of as many leaders as possible with the opportunity maybe to, to coach them on a more intimate one-on-one level. Well, amazing. Well, I'll share that link as well. And if you're a leader and you're listening to this, be sure that you grab a copy of that book. And now, Sean, the way we're going to end the show here on The Daily Grind is I'm going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought that we can all go home with today. Yeah, I would just say that, you know, if we finish with a team, we, we finish with our family. And um, I've I've recognized this. I've handed off two or three organizations to this to to date. I'm only 48 years old. And the only team that's really gone with me through every single one of those phases is my family. So I talk about this in measuring success. If we finish without our family, if we success is ultimately being loved and respected by those closest to us. Mm -hmm. So if we lose our family and we lose the respect of those who work around us, you know, then are we really successful regardless of what the numbers say? And so success is being where your feet are. It's, it's being home when you're supposed to be home um, and not being guilty because you think you should be at work or being emotionally unengaged with your family. Yeah. Or it's when you're with your team, being with your team, really caring about them as human beings and individuals. I think it's the key to leadership retention. You've probably said it on this podcast. People don't leave organizations. They leave leaders. True. Because they don't feel valued. They don't feel cared for. And I would just say to entrepreneurs out there who are hard charging, type A personalities, going to change the world, (laughs) you know, you can go faster by yourself, but it's more gratifying 
to take, you know, those closest to you with you all the way to the end. And that's your marriage, your children, but also the people who are giving their lives for your organization um, every day. I hope that's helpful and makes sense. That makes sense. A very powerful message. And as you can see from this interview, everyone, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today being present and having the courage to lead. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we had the chance to speak with the amazing Sean Lovejoy. Sean, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and coming on the show here with us today. Thanks again for allowing me to be with you. The pleasure was all mine. And everyone, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Drop us a comment. Let us know what you liked. Also, share this out with your friends. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.